0: coming up on stew does america the pandemic has so royally screwed up our education system that people are listening to idiots like joy behar about what can be done i'm going to go a different route and talk to an actual intelligent person about the future of our kids schooling blaze TV's sarah gonzalez joins us in a bit and actress and author Kelia clarkson is on tonight to clue us in on the privilege that exists for hot girls and i can certainly relate to that as a hot girl Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Just a reminder, you can get all of our episodes completely free on YouTube, podcast, and more. Just head to stewdoesamerica.com for the links and help us take a stand against conservative censorship with a Blaze TV account. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 30 bucks for a limited time. Go get your pint of Chunky Monkey and settle in because tonight I'm doing Ben and Jerry. Stu Does America. On second thought, tonight's show title might be a little misleading. As is always the case in these circumstances, when I do a show about a person or people, there are some unintended consequences. Stu Does Ben and Jerry is not exactly clickbait. It's the opposite of clickbait. And it's not exactly imagery that anyone wants. Most of all, Ben and Jerry. They don't want it, I promise you. And then some people will hear Stu does Ben and & Jerry and think, yeah, we know, we know he eats a lot of Ben & Jerry's, look at him. That's fair and hurtful. But today, I want to bring your attention to another thing you may not know about Ben & Jerry. They are insane. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in a good way, I mean, tiramisu flavor, delicious mascarpone, is it mascarpone or mascarpone? I don't know. Uh, whatever that is, ice cream with fudge swirls and shortbread, What? You don't know either? No one knows. No one knows. Who could know? Science will never understand that, uh, that whole thing. But they've got swirls, they've got shortbread pieces, topped with espresso fudge chunks, chocolatey grosh. Again, I guess that's insane, kind of in a good way. Other times, though, they are insane in an irrational, socialist, woke way. Which is weird from a company that is charging a small car payment for each pint of ice cream they sell. We know they're liberal, but the latest thing that they're doing is a challenge to a rule that we're all becoming all too familiar with. Everything is racist Everything you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist White So what is racist this time, Ben and Jerry, aka if Bernie Sanders had an ice cream company. Here's the tweet: "We're calling for an end to unequal racist enforcement of social distancing policies. Learn more and take action here. Apparently, this is something that has been going on since the mostly peaceful riots and bonfires set back in the summer. And it's not just from ice cream hippies. Here are some headlines. Scrutiny of social distance policing as 35 of 40 arrested are black. Social distancing enforcement is ramping up. So is concern that black and Latino residents may face harsher treatment. Critics say police target minorities more than white protesters over social distancing. Or to rephrase all those headlines. Everything is racist. Every you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White is Can we take a second to look at the picture from the tweet? Do we have that? Look, as you see on one side, there are white people and those white people are social distancing. They're sitting right next to each other with not a worry in the world. They've got their uh, head behind or hands behind their head, their feet kicked up. They're hanging out, talking right at each other, six inches away, just sneezing all over each other without a care in the world. And the police, what do they care? They're white. I don't care if white people do that. That's totally fine. However, on the other side of the picture the dark reality of who the police really are. Yes, they're sitting there with these poor people who are doing the same thing as the white people, but instead of being met with laughter and free masks for all, they are in handcuffs. The guy who has his hand behind his head, uh, hands behind his head with his feet kicked up over on the white side. Well, on the black side, he's on his knees with his hands behind his head as if he's being arrested. That's right. Cops hate black people and love white people. That's kind of the lesson you're supposed to take from this. But instead of describing a serious racial issue, it's revealing a massive logical problem. The type of problem that continues to pop up when you're running the racism 2.0 operating system. When you see every event in your life, some sort of racial catastrophe, when you see everything through social justice and intersectionality, all these prisms, you can't escape this stuff. The concept here is that the police are cracking down on minorities over social distancing more often. Is this a problem? I mean, well, you'd need more information to decide if it is. Like, for example, are minorities ignoring social distancing rules more often? I don't know. Are they more likely to rat out their neighbors? I don't know. Are they more likely to gather in a public place where they might get caught? I don't know. As we were reminded constantly Different races have different cultures, and we have to respect and celebrate each and every difference. There's a slew of other questions you would need to understand as well, none of which Ben or Jerry are going to take the time to try and answer. But the larger point is this. Social distancing rules are set up because they are supposed to help us avoid a pandemic. If you were some side of, sort of genocidal racist police officer against African-Americans, the last thing you would want to do is enforce social distancing. You would want the virus to run wild throughout the black community. Similarly, if you wanted to protect white people, the last thing you would do is allow the virus to spread throughout white communities. You'd want to enforce the rules on white people. So either you would enforce social distancing among groups you favor because those measures keep people you like safe or you actually believe these social distancing measures do not make a big difference with the virus. So you're accusing the police of using these measures to harass African-Americans needlessly. You can't have both. Either these things are important and white people should be begging for them to be enforced or they aren't important, and this is just an excuse to harass black people. But I'll tell you, saying these measures do not make a difference is the kind of thing that gets you kicked off social media. So I sure hope they're not saying that. How else will I find out about the latest Ben & Jerry's flavors? When you're running the Racism 2.0 operating system in your brain, everything you see looks like racism. But it's important to understand that we can find some common ground here. This is uh, the left-wing legal aid cop accountability project. They weighed in with this. The NYPD should not be engaged in enforcing social distancing period measures, period. These are public health measures. They are not public health experts. Well, there you go. We've been complaining about government health mandates so long, we never thought how to make them disappear forever. Just say they're racist. You can always get rid of something by saying it's racist. And you can always be sure you're right. Why? Because. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. Well, the whole world is completely screwed up. You may know that. But I know it will make you happy. Getting your best credit score. The average American has 97 points they can add to their credit score. 97 points. But no idea how to get it. Scoremaster knows how. Scoremaster, well, this is their work. Of course, they know how to do it. It's not your job to figure out how to get your credit score higher. Scoremaster, has. that's their job. They've reverse engineered the algorithm. So you can just go there and you can figure out exactly how to add 61 points in 20 days or less. That's the average uh, of, of listeners to this show. Getting your plus points can, uh, can save you a fortune if you're going to apply for a loan or a credit card or a, a car, or if you're going for a job. A lot of people when you go for a job, you get for a job you get your credit score um, uh, measured and that kind of gives the employer an idea of whether you're reliable or not. Well, Scoremaster is great for everyone. It shows you the score consequences uh, when you spend too much or you have identity theft. No one does what uh, the Scoremaster does. Enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score and how fast. Visit scoremaster.com slash stew. Scoremaster.com stew. Get your credit score where it should be. Scoremaster.com stew. I'm happy to welcome to the program actress and author, Kelia Clarkson. She uh, is with Evie magazine and is currently uh, gearing up to write and direct her first film. Kelia, thanks so much for coming on the program.
1: Hi, Stu. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, Before, it's great for you to come on. I appreciate it. Um, Can you, you write for Evie magazine. Can you explain for people who don't know what Evie magazine is, what is it?
1: So Evie magazine is basically for the women that like everything that Vogue magazine, but need just a little bit more intellectual stimulation.
0: Yeah. I, I've noticed that there's not a ton of intellectual stimulation in Vogue, but you guys have, you, I, I was reading a bunch of your stuff and I, and I thought it was really, you had some really interesting takes on, on stuff. And I want to, I want to kind of go into this because it seemed like it was uh, the opposite of what I would get out of, of Vogue or something like that. It's similar, like maybe uh, general focus, but like a totally different perspective. Um, let me start with this. <laughs> you, you, you did an article about hot girl privilege. And this is not a term I I had ever heard of before. I hear a lot about every other group that has privilege. You write about hot girl privilege. What is hot girl privilege?
1: So hot girl privilege, in short, it's kind of like better known as pretty privilege. And what pretty privilege is, is we see a pretty person and we kind of think the best things about them just right off the bat with not a lot of information about them because of the way that we react to beauty. So I decided to coin it as kind of more hot girl privilege to get a little bit more clicks.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the the game, I suppose. That's the way we all have to work these days. Um, But you go through the reasons for it. And I think like it's one of these things that you're not supposed to say. Right. Um, But it's just freaking true that good looking people get benefits in this life that ugly people don't uh, or less attractive people don't. You go through some of them in, in your story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting. It's actually all due to this uh, phenomenon that psychologists call the halo effect. And basically what the halo effect means is we'll see a pretty person and just automatically assume that they are more intelligent, that they're funnier, that they're more trustworthy and hardworking than someone who maybe isn't as conventionally attractive as them. And ultimately, that goes to show that Pretty people will get better job opportunities that maybe they don't deserve quite as much or they'll get higher wages, better grades in school and even shorter prison sentences. It goes a lot further than just what we always think of as, oh, she probably gets free drinks at the bar.
0: Right, right. I mean, there's some of that. But you're pointing out the the, the last one you mentioned I want to focus on for a second. You write about them getting away with murder, hot girls getting away with murder. (laughs) This is a a fascinating fact I'd never heard before. A study from Cornell University drew the conclusion that an unattractive defendant was not only 22 percent more likely to be convicted of a crime, but would also receive far longer sentences, an average of 22 months longer than a more beautiful defendant. So the easiest way to get away with murder is by being a pretty girl. (laughs) That that is you're not recommending that path, but that's a fascinating uh, difference.
1: Yeah, I would have never recommend uh, murder. But it is very interesting. I, I watched this documentary called 100 Humans uh, During Quarantine. And one of the studies that they did was they uh, showed these two different groups of people, uh, a, pic- a picture of a really pretty person and then a picture of a less pretty person. They told them, hey, this is their crime. What would you give them? And the people that saw the prettier picture ended up giving them a shorter sentence.
0: Absolutely amazing. Um, how, do, how does this f- play out? In society? Like, what is the effect of this on not as a, uh, uh, like, as the individual who might be a hot girl? Are you going to be the person, like, is is this going to help you uh, in life? You're going to get benefits, but is it, what's it going to do to your character long term?
1: That's a really interesting question. I think ultimately, it really does matter what we're placing the most value on and unfortunately i think we do place quite a bit of value on beauty and perhaps far more than we should and so i think it can negatively affect the person that benefits from this particular privilege
0: yeah it does seem like there's something there i Um, I want to go through a couple of other things you've written about over the past uh, few months. Um, Is this, you're not supposed to, Keely, you should know this. You're not allowed to write this article. You are not allowed to do it. We need to stop (laughs) portraying high schoolers like they're sexually active adults. That is not something you're allowed to say anymore. Don't you know these rules?
1: Absolutely. It's really interesting. I've kind of, I've taken a stand against uh, really... You know, sexual scenes in TV shows before with previous articles, but I did notice recently with a lot of um, TV shows that depict teenagers, they they really do kind of get down into the nitty gritty. And I'm not saying, of course, that teenagers aren't sexually active, but I just don't see the purpose in portraying that really uh, graphically for adults to watch.
0: Why? Why is? Why does this go on? Is it? Is it something where? Because you get the sense that almost the What we used to think was good, quote unquote, good behavior, uh, sort of the moral foundation of our society is being intentionally undermined. Like this is something that seems to be a a culture that the the sort of tide of culture is always pushing the opposite way, trying to encourage people to and and highlight uh, situations that people break those norms. Is that how you see it? Uh,
1: Well, I think You know, I think tides are always changing. I think societies are always uh, developing new ideas of what is good and moral. But I think this is probably an overreaction to, uh, you know, what we saw in like purity culture and maybe a little bit more, you know, difficult uh, views that people don't always line up with. I I think it's definitely an overreaction.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, You write about feminist writers uh, don't care that everyone hates their female characters but they should. <laughs> uh, there is this thing where, you know, I, uh, feminist these sort of feminist characters and feminist shows I see all the time and they're always universally praised by media, in, you know, generally. Um, though, when I actually meet women and occasionally one or two will talk to me, when I do talk to women, they don't like these people at all. <laughs> they, it, 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 there is this sort of strain I think that happens between the, the content creators and the people they're trying to entertain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've fallen into this trap a little bit where we say, well, female characters don't have to be likable. And I think that's absolutely true. But the issue is we're still presenting these characters that are really, really unlikable as the women that we should be looking up to. I think that's the real issue with it.
0: Yeah. Um, You're uh, you're in the middle of of making uh, a film, right? You're you're an actress. You're you're one of the content creators how do you how do you go into the, with these views? how do you go into that world
1: <laughs> you know i I think uh it's the world isn't quite as uh maybe crazy as it comes across i mean, mm. we only really only get a small uh view of uh the people who you know make it to the top you know what I mean so I don't really think I, I haven't personally faced that many uh, issues making the stories that I like and writing about what I like. But, you know, I guess we'll see.
0: <laughs> we will see. Um, <laughs> before I let you go, you're in New York City. Is that right? Yes, I am. What has life been like over the past year? We, we, we did the show in New York City for a long time. Uh, we moved down here many years ago now, I guess uh, almost 10 years ago now. But I mean, in that, that city, there's a lot. To love about it, there's a lot that is uh, annoying about uh, being in the city. What is it like over the, over the past year?
1: Well, I think it's, it's actually, it's been so sad over quarantine because this is a city that I just love so much. And it's almost like seeing my friend get really, really sick and I can't really do anything to help it. Mm. So it's, it's definitely been an issue because New York is a city that you move to, to really live in, you know, you're not here to be comfortable um, in your tiny apartment. You're here right. to go out and experience the beautiful city and, and for me, go on auditions, which have completely stopped in many respects. Yeah. So it's been really, really hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have a, uh, friends in the city, and and a lot of them are just trying to figure out whether they want to stay, because there is sort of that, like, internal cost of living in New York, which is like every once in a while a rat's going to run across your feet, and you're just going to have to yeah. learn that that's life. Uh, without all the benefits, though, with, with the theaters closed and, and all the, the the culture and everything gone, Are people going to stay? Is the city going to bounce back?
1: I've seen quite a few people leave, unfortunately. Um, There was a group of friends I was making right before the virus started and all of them left. So that is really quite sad um, to see the city kind of falling apart a little bit. But I have every... Um, faith in the city that it'll bounce back.
0: I like the optimism. There's some, there is a little bit left in the world. Kelia Clarkson, uh, she writes for EV Magazine, which is like a, a sane women's magazine. They do exist. Uh, and Kelia is, uh, is representing uh, them tonight. Uh, let's uh, talk about hot girl privileges. The article we will tweet it out as well. You can find it at EV Magazine. <laughs> Kelia, thanks so much for coming on the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, back in a second.
2: President has been clear that our risk is not having a package that's too big. It's having a package that's too small.
0: I think we would all agree uh, with that sentiment from Jen Psaki as she lays out what really is challenging Joe Biden. Not that he has a package that's too big, but that he has a package that is too small. That's what's that is what's worrying Joe Biden. And it's good that Jen Psaki can help us get in the head of the president to figure all that out. I did want to also give you an update on LeBron James. LeBron James, of course, as we all know, a good upstanding citizen. He was in apparently in a little bit of an argument with someone on the sidelines, which they're allowing fans in stadiums again, which is interesting. And LeBron said something to the husband of this one woman, Uh, who then when the woman said, why is LeBron talking trash to my husband? She stood up and said, Hey, uh, don't effing talk trash to my husband. Uh, and LeBron LeBron James replied, uh, this is a quote from the woman. Uh, he said, um, sit the F down, you effing, uh, B word. So I just want to make sure I understand this guy's Mr. Social Justice, right? That's okay. To call some random woman sitting in the crowd um, an effing b That's totally cool. Like, we're, we're just going to go along with that. And then he tweeted this. A courtside Karen was mad mad. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha, ha ha, uh, ha ha. Each emoji is one ha ha, in case you were wondering. Um, this, he is a child, a child. And the fact that he gets any respect in this world is mystifying. Yes, he can play basketball, but he is not some social justice superhero. He is he's a jerk. He's a jerk to, his, to other players he plays with. He's out. He's called them out in public, even when they didn't do anything wrong. He never takes responsibility for something that goes badly. He believes he no one believes LeBron James is better than LeBron James. He's everything in that way you would not want your kid to be. Someone who's bragging about themselves, who's blaming others, and then trashing women in the stands. This 6'10", 285 guy yelling names at some random woman in the stands. That's okay, because I guess he supports Joe Biden. So we should all forget about it. Absolutely amazing. The only thing that is more perplexing is how Andrew Cuomo still has over 1% approval in New York. By the way, People are starting to pick up on what we've been talking about here. You and I, we've been in this thing together from the beginning, from freaking March, from freaking March and freaking April. We've been doing show after show about Andrew Cuomo. You guys have been coming here, hanging out. You're all drinking out of your Andrew Cuomo's Awful mugs. com is where you can get them this whole time. And finally, people are starting to pick up on the things we've been saying this whole time. Like, Andrew Cuomo has had the single worst response to the coronavirus. In the world. Full stop. In the world. I really believe that. I think the evidence proves that out. And somehow people are finally starting to wake up a little bit. They're starting to say, you know what? Maybe his response wasn't as stellar as we once believed. To remind you how stellar they believed that performance was, this montage is absolutely amazing. David, we're standing by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity.
2: Governor Cuomo, um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't, honest, direct, brave.
0: Real leadership of the kind the President of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one, than the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. He is conveying incredible strength. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you were sending soldiers off to war. This has been a remarkable show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. He's providing hope
2: but not false hope. Governor Cuomo no. I think is, is is one of the heroes on, on the front lines.
0: With all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Andrew Cuomo who has a daily television show now uh, and has become in some ways the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president.
2: Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what
0: Governor Cuomo said earlier today. That's what I'm gonna go teach my kids right now at home. This is all I have to say. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. Trying to buy or sell a home in these times could be challenging. You need to find a place that has plenty of pantry space for all of your Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com mugs. It's a really big challenge. Not always available in every neighborhood. Uh, If you want to buy the right house at the right price, you need to find an agent that knows what the hell they're doing. I don't know if you've been through experiences where you've had real estate agents that don't know what they're doing, but it's so frustrating. You see other houses in your neighborhood selling for more, and you know you've been in that person's house. It's a dump, right? It's not even nearly as nice as yours. Your house is way better than theirs. Their house sucks, and they're selling for more than yours? That's crazy. That's crazy. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Get a good real estate agent that can make sure you get the most house for uh, for your money when you're buying and you get the most money uh, when you're selling. realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Do it today. realestateagentsitrust.com. Happy to welcome back to the program, Sarah Gonzalez. She is the host of The News and Why It Matters right here on Blaze TV, as well as Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube. You can head there and subscribe now. Uh, Sarah, I have been led to believe that today is the anniversary of your birth. Is this true?
2: It is true, Mm -hmm. actually, yes.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. I I got you a little something.
2: Oh.
0: Uh, It's this interview.
2: Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes, you're Yay. on. You're on
0: Studios America. That's great. Where actually this isn't just a conversation, you're on TV.
2: You know what? That's I'm totally fine with that <laughs> because on my show they brought out a crème brulee, which is like way more calories than I should <laughs> consume in a day. That, so do they know I'm who not, you are? I know. I was like, I'm eating this because I have to and I'm going to pay for it later. Oh
0: my gosh. Like, yeah. You don't give Sarah Gonzalez carbs. We, we all know this. <laughs> You're the one person I would not send Pat's kexy cookies to. Right. Because that's just not your thing.
2: It's not, although I am told that they're only 12 calories. So. Oh really? Yeah.
0: That's not too bad then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, it's, it, you. Uh, I mentioned Sarah Gonzalez, Gonzalez Unfiltered, mm-hmm. your YouTube channel, which people should of course, subscribe to. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it possible that we might be getting an AOC video coming up soon?
2: It's interesting that you <laughs> ask that. Yes, it is quite possible that there may be an AOC video popping up uh, this evening.
0: You're actually. too good at that. Like, I, I feel like... I almost think I'm kind you, of insulted by that. Right. Like when you start talking as her, I'm like, is Sarah dumb? Like, I <laughs> thought she was smart, but then I see her talking as AOC. It's like she dumb. Is she actually dumb? <laughs> you just are too good at pulling it <laughs> off. She's been, uh, you know, her story. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to judge this one. And, and help me with this, okay. because AOC does this Instagram video yesterday. Everybody's talking about it. At one point, she apparently admits to some assault that no one knew about previously, which obviously I don't know anything about it. She didn't really reveal anything about it. That's terrible. Um, but she also went on to this to tell the story of her inside the Capitol. And look, I am not completely I have some sympathy for a, a Democratic or Republican member, frankly, being in that room and not knowing what the hell is going to go on. Right. I mean, there were some scary stuff. They're yeah. saying hang Mike Pence. Right. Yes. Like there's some scary stuff going on. And she tells this big, dramatic story about hiding behind the door. And someone comes in and goes, where is she? Where is she? Over and over again. And it's only later do we reveal that the person saying where is she was a Capitol police officer trying to help her.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Like she's so and she now she's and then she actually says, uh, I wasn't sure if the Capitol police officer was there to help me or hurt me. I, and this is just I mean, look, <laughs> we can all feel her emotion, but that's just crazy.
2: It is. You know who I kind of liken her to is Greta Thunberg. Ah, right. Greta. Because they both, I think, are so brainwashed by things, things that they're being fed that they start to believe all of these things she's starting to believe like cops are all bad you know a cap cops all cops yeah. are bad and no cops are good and I we thought it was all just... cops
0: are bastards isn't it oh that's what i thought a cap was maybe but...
2: i'm just reading the more pg <laughs> uh, <laughs> i guess i guess, guess so uh but regardless Mm -hmm. i think she's being fed all of these things by the people who pull her strings so much so that she genuinely has anxiety about it and she genuinely is upset about it um and i think that that's what we saw come through whenever she said you know that i didn't know if this capitol police officer was really out to get me which by the way i don't think you want to say if you're worried that that's going to happen again (laughs) because i don't know like if i'm capitol police i'm like yeah oh you don't know if you can trust me Great. Consider someone else to uh, save yeah, you.
0: I'm not showing up next time. Right. I mean, these officers are always. I'm so, so They're great. better than me. They are way better than I am. <laughs> yeah. Like I have said before, if I was in Minnesota, I'd never show up to work again. Right. And I would just. I would every day say I'm showing up, not show up, and then would let them fire me. Right. I would never yeah. protect a, a group of people who defunded me yep. in the city. Yep. Um, so uh, with AOC, it's it's fascinating because I think you're right. Like, I. I don't know. She's such a strange character because I, I really do. I, I try to understand her and I, it's hard for me to do that. That's,
2: you're a sane person. So I'm, that would be it
0: difficult. is. She seems legitimately emotionally invested in these moments. Like Nancy Pelosi said something similar. Mm-hmm. Right. She said, I don't know, like, you know, they were trying to kill us at the Capitol, uh, you know, meaning other congressmen. Right. There's no evidence right. of this whatsoever. Right. Um, but like she's just saying it because she wants people to believe Republicans are bad. She's calculating. Right. AOC is so emotionally involved. I think she actually believes this stuff.
2: Well, I think she's the piece. She is the CNN viewer who hears Brian Stelter say something ridiculous and just takes it and runs with it. Right. Yeah. Like she's she's listening to Nancy Pelosi. She's listening to all of these Democrat talking points that go around. And she's really internalizing it, I think, taking it all in and like. Yeah, you're right. They did do that to us. Yeah, you're right. Ted Cruz did try to have me murdered three <laughs> weeks ago, which is a whole nother uh, can of worms. You, you can't open, do that. right? You can't no. accuse
0: other congressmen of trying to murder you unless they were trying to murder you.
2: Right. But I mean, you I don't think she's well, quite, quite honestly. Mm. I really don't. I don't think she's well. I think that she uh, you know, you saw her say that about Ted Cruz. You're seeing her, uh, you know, talk about. Other people in Congress using tactics of abusers, you know, and yeah. it's like you can't say these things about people you're supposed to be working with with zero evidence. Yeah, uh, it just seems she really has declined recently. I think it's it's it, very weird. It's
0: very weird. She, and she's so emotional and yeah. so seemingly out of control. Yeah. Let me look back up to the Ted Cruz thing. I'm glad you brought that up. So she tweets some. Point about GameStop, I think it was. Yes, and he he I I totally agree, 100% agree. And then she lights him up saying, "You tried to kill me." Basically, <laughs> yeah. I, it's Very absolutely odd. fair to criticize AOC in this moment. But doesn't Ted Cruz deserve some criticism here too? What are you doing? Why are Why are you trying to kiss up to the audience of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez? Mm. Why are you allowing her? to have that moment at your expense.
2: That's fair. I think I think in Ted's defense, which I don't think he necessarily needs from me, but you know, maybe Ted's trying to show America who are the people who really are interested in uniting. Mm. It's not the Democrats. Right. It's not the left. Maybe Ted was trying to have a moment where he's saying, OK, like, look, when where we can agree, we can agree. Right. Let's try to point that out rather than, you know, uh, divide. But you but.
0: have to know who you're talking about. Right. Like, AOC. see, yeah. yes, she's had a couple moments where she's played bipartisan. But generally speaking, she's out for herself. Yeah. She's out to get attention for herself. Everything's about her. She's always the victim all the time. And she's going to figure out a way to call you the victim. Now, I wouldn't have guessed she would have accused him of murder. But
2: uh, yeah, that was, a little, else, that I was would, kind uh, of like was, jumping the shark, I felt. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. It was a little too much. <laughs> yeah, no evidence to back it up. Uh, and of course, no one's no one in the mainstream media is calling her out on
0: it. What's her future? Well, like, is she, does, people are saying that she may primary Chuck Schumer and try yeah. to run for the Senate. Uh,
2: I think she'll do it, too.
0: You think that's the, the next step? I do.
2: I do, because you have to believe that she is surrounded by a bunch of people who are telling her everything that she wants to hear. They're filling her head with all of the, you know, you're the best, you're great, you have such influence, you have such power. And I mean, I think, you know, most people in politics, they listen to those people behind the scenes. They listen to those voices. And I think she's going to do it. I think she thinks that she is the new face of the, the Democrat Party. I also think she might be. Like, I don't know that that's all in her head. I think she might be the new face of the Democrat Party because, as we know, they are all eating their own, just as the Republicans are. You've got the old establishment. You've got Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And you've got Ocasio-Cortez, who is not afraid to back down from them and disagree with them publicly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I, you know, Pelosi's in her 80s, right? I yes. Mean, like, there's, there's a limited run here in right, this particular film. Right. Um, so, because I, I like also that the Democratic Party is defined by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. As a conservative yes. commentator, yes. I adore this arrangement. Right. I want everyone to think that the Democrats equal Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And is that fair to a sane Democrat? No, but I like that because I want people to understand where the end of this road is, not necessarily what they're saying today. Right. The, the left is trying to do the same thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene and other uh, new Republican Congress mm-hmm. people who have had some good comments on Facebook that were highly questionable. Yes. They say they don't believe them now. Um, is this a good I like it because it makes my life easier. <laughs> However, is it a good way of doing politics? We're, we're defining both of these parties by sort of extreme elements.
2: No, but I will sort of defend the people who will say AOC is sort of the face of the new Democrat party because it's not just AOC. She's got her squad. Mm. Right. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know that there's anyone in the Republican Party. Right. That's like, yes, we totally agree with everything she has (laughs) to say and we're going to stand with her on everything. So I think that that's where the nuance is. And I think that that's a big difference to point out, because when you've got the rest of the Republican Party saying, yeah, that's not us, Kind of a big deal to me, kind of a, a big detail to point out that yeah. the rest of us are not going along with that. That can't be the new face with AOC. She's she's building and building and building. Yeah.
0: And, and even if you go away from AOC, like take a, someone old school like Maxine Waters. Right. What is I mean, is there a difference between AOC and Maxine Waters? I mean, like I mean, there's a little bit of a different approach. There's a little bit of a different style. Right. But they're both conspiracy theorists. Yes. They're both socialists. Yes. They're both insane. Yeah. And they're sitting here coming out like they're they would never say Maxine Waters is the face of the party. Then they'll say AOC is. And that's what I say is racism. They're just they don't want that's they don't a want a black point. face of the party.
2: That's a great. Point. That's
0: that's uh, that's the way this works. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've watched the media. Um, <laughs> let me move over to schools for a second. Okay. Because people know if people know Sarah Gonzalez yeah. uh, as, the, you know, this badass talk show host. But you're a mom. Yes, You're a mom at home yes. with uh, a, a couple of kids, a one mom. of which is, 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 uh, is a baby and, uh-huh. and, and is I'm, loud.
2: Yeah, and um. I got covered and spit up at home just <laughs> yeah. all day. Right. I can't change until I'm right about to head out the door.
0: <laughs> it's tough, yeah. right? You're, you're a working mom. Mm-hmm. What is it like right now going through life as a working mom with a, with a baby who's, who's struggling to sleep? Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole life going on mm-hmm. outside of this world. What's it like?
2: Um, Well, I consume a lot of wine, (laughs) first of all. Uh uh Uh, Of course, when the baby is asleep. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, it's a struggle, it really is. And I am very resentful right now, to be quite frank, with the local officials, with the state officials, with everyone who thought that it was a good idea to put the mask mandates in place for the school that mm-hmm. my eight-year-old goes to, right? Uh, because you, know, you to- took
0: your kids out of the school, yes, largely yeah. because of that.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I said I, I don't, I haven't seen enough evidence to show that it's healthy for him to wear a mask all day long, right? To not be able to. Touch his friends to not be able to eat lunch together, to not be able to play on the playground unstructured. I haven't seen enough evidence that that's actually good for children, and I'm not going to have my child be the guinea pig for you guys. So I pulled him. So we're straight homeschooling now because remote was just a horrible idea, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's very stressful. So now I'm in a position that I think a lot of parents are in, which is you're homeschooling your child, you are responsible for teaching them, yet your money is still going. Towards all of these school districts that you are now not utilizing, and I think that so we're going to ha- yeah I think that it, we're going to have a reckoning at, if this continues because the number of parents who are homeschooling is skyrocketing, and you are going to hear more and more voices very concerned about the fact that you keep raising my taxes to pay for these public schools that none of us are going to anymore mm, because right. you are so inept. Right, right. I, I, I think
0: this is a really interesting part of this because I keep. I've had this conversation. I've said this a million times, which is like, open up the damn schools. The science from the beginning pointed to that. There was never a point. I mean, even people like Mike Osterholm, was a Biden scientific advisor, said in the first interview I ever heard with a guy, schools should stay open. Right. This was not this was not this is a union thing. This has nothing to do with science. So I've been yelling and screaming about that this entire time. And I know you have, too. Is there a bigger opportunity for conservatives though where where we say like the thing we've been pushing for forever is private school, pods, homeschooling, uh, all all sorts of charter schools, whatever it is that's outside of the normal system. We complain all the time about the system. And here's this massive opportunity to pull our kids out of it. And we keep asking the public schools to open again.
2: It's a fair criticism, but I would also say, I think that it's also fair to say, open up the schools. Any of the teachers who refuse to come back, fire them, mm-hmm. right? We've got all these teachers unions we see in Chicago, the teachers unions you know, were refusing to come back. Lori Lightfoot, supposedly stood her ground and then, you know, caved uh, to the teachers union's demands. It's not about the kids. The teachers just don't want to come back to work. And I think if we said open the schools up and by the way, fire every last one of the teachers who are refusing to come back, we could weed out then a lot of the teachers who don't have the kids best interest at heart. Mm And perhaps maybe a step in the right direction, at least for the people who still have to utilize the public schools. Yes.
0: And I think that's a good that's a good like a good uh, productive starting point. point, Right. Starting point. Right. Like improving the schools is tough, though. Like, you know, we've been saying for a long time that these schools are bad. Right. You might find a good one. You might have a good one in your community. But generally speaking, this public school monolith is a Mm -hmm. terrible thing. Mm -hmm. Here's this weird world where suddenly we're all forced to look at other options. And I feel like conservatives have spent most of the time saying, no, we want those bad schools open. Open up those bad schools right Right. now where, you know, like there is not everyone can do this, obviously, but like there's an opportunity. We have a lot of people who uh, that we know who send their kids to public school, but instead have kind of like developed this sort of pod system with yeah. like a, with a, with one teacher that helps them throughout the day. And it's sort of like a, a small version of a private school that's not costing them an arm and a leg. I mean, there's exciting other opportunities there. And I, I feel like when this is all over, we're going to look back. and be like, crap, well, this should have been Maybe the time we pushed moment. for these things. Yeah,
2: I think that you could do both. Mm -hmm. I think you could. I I mean, I have been, you know, we we have got a homeschool co-op going a couple Mm. days a week so that he's, you know, with other kids. And, you know, at the same time that I'm promoting that, I think I'm also able to say, hey, but also for the single mom who is working two jobs and can't do this, open up the damn schools for her kids.
0: Yes, certainly do that. I mean, there's no question that's the right move. I just feel like we maybe we haven't been proactive enough on this. I don't know. This is the things I think about. (laughs) What are you going to do on your birthday? What's your big birthday plan?
2: Uh, Probably go back home and get spit up on. Wow. Yeah. My baby's going to be there, too. I was just talking about my husband. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I know your husband, so uh, I believe it. Yeah,
2: no, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have dinner cooked for me. Who knows?
0: I mean, uh, this is exciting stuff. Yep. I can't wait to find out how this turns out. <laughs> By the way, are you going to come on our, um, our big uh, 200th anniversary um, drink thon thing?
2: Are you doing another one? <laughs> Can this? I host it so I don't have to drink?
0: Well, I mean, I, I figured this time you could at least bring a glass of wine.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. But do, I you don't, don't have to do
0: 100. Yeah, I was you'll like, kill me if I. Know. I know. <laughs> that's why I mean. they're like, want to put this person on? How about this person? I'm like, this is a female that wears 100 pounds. So I'm not going to put them <laughs> on to make them drink 100 shots of beer. And, I'm not going to yeah, do that, that to you. But uh, you, uh, would you come back? I'd love to have you back on. I would love okay. Okay. to do it. All right. Sarah Gonzalez, host of Blaze TV's The News and Why It Matters. And of course, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, upcoming AOC video. Look for it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> subscribe. Uh, and uh, make sure you subscribe to Blaze TV as well. BlazeTV.com slash Stu codes do, uh, because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Sarah, happy birthday. Thank you for coming on the program and spending just a little bit of it with us. Thank you. All right, back in a second. Thank you for making it to the end of the show. If you've reached this part of the show, you're part of the Cool Kids Club, and we do appreciate you showing up. Make sure to click like. That's how we get more people into this stupid sinking ship of ours that will... (laughs) That's probably not the right way to talk about the show. It's a good show. We like it. We like that you're here. Thank you so much. By the way, make sure to pick up your Nancy Pelosi sucks T-shirts. They're available now. Nancy Pelosi sucks mugs are available now. Nancy Pelosi sucks pens are not available now because you bought them all. Thank you for doing that. I think they're coming back in a few weeks. Keep an eye out. We'll let you know when they are available. Before we go, um, six were arrested in uh, California for changing the Hollywood sign to say Hollyboob. That's a good, it's a good quality. You might say that doesn't seem like all that, um, I don't know, uh, pure a pursuit. However, I think I could change your mind on that. Uh, the, uh, the one of the women who was starting this was it's like some porn star or something. And uh, she went up there and changed it to Hollywood. And you might think, oh, she's just promoting her porn site. And it, and that, it might even be reinforced When you see uh, that she had her porn site on her shirt when she got arrested, you might think, oh, but she was trying to draw attention. Uh, And this guy even said, uh, a person who owns property nearby said, it's probably just a gag. No, no. You see, they changed Hollywood to Hollyboob to draw attention to breast cancer because you've probably never heard of this. It's called breast cancer. It's a cancer of the breasts and people are not aware of it. That's why football players have to wear pink every year because no one's aware of breast cancer apparently. No one knows about it.